How are you, darling? I'm lovely. I'm getting giggly already. That's never a good sign. When I'm like mid-giggle as you're asking me how I am. It's like I love that. It though. seems highly suspicious. I don't know why. I don't think so. The, the, uh, giggles evoke joy, I think. Good. Good. Right? I hope so. I don't yeah. want I don't want a creepy a creepy giggle. Of like yeah, it's not like a maniacal like ah, 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 yeah, or like you know, thing. ghost children laughing in the oh, distance. God, no, no I'm not about you. that. No. Mm-mm. How are you? I'm fucking wonderful. How are you? I'm doing well. Live to see another day. Fuck yes. It's fucking October, baby. I know. It's your it's month. The fucking girl. best. It's my fucking month. It's countdown to Monique's birthday. Yes. Hey. Slash oh my God, I'm so excited. The fucking best. right. Mm. Mm, the weekend to end all weekends. It's fucking, fucking right. Have you? So do you do the costumes? Oh my god, I I want to. I'm very ambitious in my head every year, and uh-huh. then I am the person who also just like I need somebody to commit with me and be like, no, we're doing this. Yeah, we're going here. Yeah, get your ass in gear. And I kind of don't have that in my life anymore, so <laughs> I don't end up getting dressed up and going out. Um. But I have. I've done um, group costumes before. Fuck and yeah. I'm pretty crafty. I've made a couple of costumes like You're totally crafty. That I, that I just like banged out real quick. Um, but I haven't dressed up in years, honestly. I kind of want to, though. Girl. I want to get, I want to try to get Johnny into a couple's costume with me, but I Fuck also yeah. don't have plans. So then it would just be like me and him in our living room dressed up watching TV. We'll make fucking plans. Okay. Shit. I thought you were going to Key West. Are you not going to? I am. But. The day before I leave, I've decided at my bar I'm going to have, like, a costume party. <gasps> oh, my God. Okay, now I have plans. Now you have plans. Amazing. All right, yeah. now i got to fucking get my you ass gotta in gear. you got to be Velma and Shaggy, man. Fucking – that is a good one. That is a good one. I did remember – I might have cut it because I wasn't sure if we were going to do it, but I said in an episode at one point that we were going to be the twins from The Shining because I thought that would be hilarious. <laughs> I think I ended up cutting it because I was like, oh, I'm going to get roped into this. Somebody's going to be like, make me do this. And I was like, uh, cut real quick. Click, click. Um, that's amazing. I'm obsessed. <laughs> so yeah, now you have plans. Figure it the fuck out. Fuck yes. Okay. All right. I'm getting my ass in gear. Yeah. Decisions made. I love it. See, I need you. I need this person in my life who's like, bitch, we're doing something. Get God, I fucking, fucking got you. Yes. I got uh, you. Thank God somebody does. Okay. <laughs> not me me. (laughs) i need to have somebody because me on my own is is very precarious so agreed (laughs) i yes agreed oh i adore you though i'm so happy to see you what are what's up with you what are you doing what are you up to not much uh as for the costume situation it's the first halloween since i moved here that i'm not going to be in the city yeah so as you mentioned i'm going to key west which um uh, when I'm going, it's in the middle of Fantasy Fest, which I've never been to. Ooh, titillating. Yeah. So while they canceled like like the bigger events because of the Rona, they haven't canceled a lot of the smaller events. So the big thing at Fantasy Fest, it's 10 days leading up to Halloween. And uh, the big thing they're known for is uh, body paint. Like people show up topless and just <laughs> body paint. That's their costume. I think we vaguely spoke about this. And yeah. I was like, nope. That's not for uh, me. That is not for me. No shade to anyone because the whole um, thing is supposed to be like a like body positivity and expression of like yeah. self. And I'm like, fuck yeah, that's amazing. I'm not on that train for myself, yeah. but amazing. 
So I'm trying to find something that's like adjacent to that. Oh, some sort of cat suit situation. Yeah. Okay, like I, okay. Yeah. I have this like skeleton unitard. Thing. Oh yeah. That was what I was thinking. Yeah, but it has a uh, but instead of legs, it's like gartered thigh high stockings with like the skeleton oh my God. bones. So it's like sexy, sexy right? Okay, yeah. Yeah, something like that. Halloween, you gotta be sexy. Of course, of course. I gotta live like my slutty dreams on Halloween. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> my slutty skeleton dreams. <laughs> As we all should, Monique, honestly. Yeah. So I'm thinking of doing that because it, it feels in the same realm of that, but with my clothes on. Yes. Also, yeah. you're in Florida, so that's it's not going to be, be like awful and uncomfortable like it would be in up here. Yeah, totally. New York, where you'd be freezing your fucking ass no off. No puppy yeah. coat needed, baby. <laughs> um, it only occurred to me a few years ago that kids up north, their costumes had to fit like under layers. Oh. And I'm like, that's fucking terrible because it's cold. This literally is occurring to me now as you're telling me. Right now, yeah. No, I could be a slutty genie in fucking Miami, no problem. Yeah, all day, every day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no one would even think it was weird. They'd be like, yeah, that's what you wear. She's the slutty genie girl, obviously. It's not like, where do you put your coat? Like the first seven years I lived here, coat checks were like not a thing that occurred to me. So I'd always have my shit with me. And people would be like, why don't you just check it? I'm like, oh, that's right. That's Oh, right. Yes. Because that didn't exist for the entire time I grew up. Yes. Right. For like the 20 years I was in Miami. That wasn't yes. a reality for me. Correct. Yeah. Uh, well, that's all right. I can remember specifically as a child being Princess Jasmine. And for some reason, it being fucking freezing one year in Ugh. Orlando. And they literally put me in a little wagon with a blanket. And they like pulled <laughs> me through the neighborhood. And I would like whip the blanket off and jump out and fucking run up to the door, get my candy. And I would run back. And I would Fuck fucking... Because yeah. I was not going to not be Princess Jasmine. Obviously. For like the fourth year in a row. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Thank you. See, did you have, like, like, a tiger with you um, as a prop? If I didn't, I was uh, severely fucking up because that was the (laughs) whole reason. The whole reason I wanted to be Jasmine was because obviously she had a pet tiger. Obviously. Yes. And it was the fucking cutest ever. She showed her midriff and she had a fucking tiger. What else you want? Yes. That was all I wanted. I just wanted the the gorgeous long black hair. Oh, my God. And the the hair. Exactly. Amazing. That fucking luscious mane Mm. on her and the fucking tiger. Both of them. Equally. Fuck yeah. Got it. Oh, so good. Uh, My mother dyed my hair black. Get the fuck out. Yes. As a kid for me to be Princess Jasmine. And it was supposed to be a washout dye. Whoop. And then guess what turned out to not be a washout dye? How long did that take to, to cut out? Uh, I don't know. She'll have to ask her. I have no idea. I loved it. I didn't give a shit. I was like, Princess Jasmine all year, bitches. Bow, bow, bow. Yep. <laughs> I love it. I love Halloween. It's the fucking best, man. Uh, it's very entertaining. I will say yeah. that. My niece, when she was three, all she desperately wanted to be for Halloween was an inflatable T-Rex. Oh my god, those are the best! And she was that. And I was like, my three-year-old niece is nailing life. Like, I yeah. want to be her when I grow up. Because she yeah. hasn't figured the fuck out. I definitely yeah. don't. You're cool as shit. You, like, know yourself as a person. Yeah. You're not like, I'm not going to follow the trends and be fucking, like, Elsa from Frozen. Go fuck yourself. No, she's I like, be a T-Rex. I want to be a T-Rex. And she would roar and everything. It was amazing. Like, 
literally she got the most candy of her sibling of really anyone Damn in the neighborhood straight. because people were like can you imagine opening your door and there's a three-year-old in an inflatable t-rex costume you'd be like this i'd is be like take it off best thing that's ever happened to me i'd Actually. be like you're amazing yeah. yes you win congratulations and here's then, first place all the candy <laughs> and her brother my nephew dressed up as the slender man are we related clearly what weirdos right i love I it i fucking love it <sighs> Yeah, he wore like the, these are my he people. Wore the like um, the face, eee! the whole the whole onesie that like covered the face. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Fucking, they're just cool. I love that. Like, I wish I was that cool. I was like, I'm gonna be Belle, you know? Yeah. Like every other bitch. Hundred <laughs> percent. That year, no, they're like, I'm gonna be the fucking Slenderman and a T Rex. You're welcome. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> we have personalities. <laughs> We're not just Disney fucking cookie cutter exactly. robots. Yeah, he's like, I want to be the Slender Man and terrorize the He was like seven I years old. I love these kids. Uh, they're so cool. Yeah, way cooler than me. Oh, same. Again, like I said, Princess Jasmine, four years in a row. I mean, I get it though. That's a rad costume. <laughs> Thank you. Also, this is another fucking horror podcast. Hey! hey! I'm, I'm so Sanchez. proud of you. you. You remember. I remember. How many minutes in? <laughs> Not that, pretty, pretty spot on, oh, pretty sure. soon. Look at that. I was like, not too crazy. We're getting better. Only a year in, you know. Getting better, yes. Uh, I'm Amy Traden. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> I'll throw that in there. Last minute. There you go. Hey. By the way, I'm here too. Yeah. We know. We would be nothing without you, Amy. Oh, stop it. Truly. Stop it. We'd be nothing without you. It's a dynamic duo. It's very true. Partners in true crime, baby. Ayo. So do you got uh, any updates or anything? You watching anything? I watched the new Chappelle special that dropped yesterday. How was that? I really liked it. Uh, I might get in trouble for saying that. I'm not right. sure. He obviously said a lot of controversial things. I will say... That's his thing, though. That's his thing, first yeah. and foremost. And I still think he's absolutely brilliant. Mm-hmm. He did quite a few uh, jokes from uh-huh. the show yeah. we saw. So that was actually really cool because Johnny got to like relive it. Yeah. Have the moment of like, I've seen this before. Like this is old. Yeah. These are old bits to me. That's new to everybody else. Which <laughs> is like such know. a like I fucking know. Yeah. I got the inside scoop. But yeah, if you haven't watched the new Chappelle special on Netflix, it just dropped yesterday, the fifth, October fifth. So Fuck go yeah. check it out. Amazing. Fuck yeah. What about you? I didn't get to Midnight Mass. I didn't do any good. of the things on my recommended watching list. It's all good. I'm in the middle of rewatching Midnight Mass, actually. Are you? Yeah. And uh, it's so good. It, like, hurts. It's so good. And just all of the, like, setups and the little things that when you know everything that happens, when you go back and you watch it, you're like, ah, there's that and that and that and that and that. And I just fucking I love that. so get off on all of that. Yeah. And Christina finished watching it yesterday. And she was like live texting me watching it like <laughs> the last like two episodes. Which you loved, I bet. Yes, yeah. of course. Because uh, we have a very similar taste in a lot of stuff. So it's just, it's, uh, you know, my favorite thing in the whole wide world is to f- share things I love with people I love. Yeah. So to talk with her about, you know, scenes from the show and be and like her be like, holy shit, I didn't see this thing coming and I didn't know this thing or I totally saw this thing coming and um and being like i like you know what this scene was about i just i love that so much so yeah fuck yeah yeah it's just like i said before it's a work of art it's really beautiful i just fucking (gasps) love it and it's perfect for spooky season but i know that next 
on the docket is there's two of them that several regulars have recommended. One is Squid Games, which is... I did kind of start that, I will admit. How is it so I'm far? I'm really enjoying it, actually. Yeah. Lots of people have recommended Squid Games to me. I'm only at, like, two or three episodes in. Yeah. But I'm I'm really enjoying it. I'm very intrigued. Yeah. And then there's one... The fuck is it called? Brand New Cherry Flavor. Ooh. It's also on Netflix. I haven't heard about that at all. Apparently that one's like fucked up and really good. <gasps> like scary movies? Sci-fi? What's uh what's the I have no idea. Oh, sometimes I like to go into things blind, so. Yeah. Okay. I th- I think it's in the sc- scary, possibly sci-fi. It's one of my regulars who's he's French and I adore him. Aww. And he's a a data scientist. Oh my god. That's fascinating. Which is That's like so cool. The raddest yeah. shit in the Who world. Who the fuck do you know is a data scientist besides this guy? Right? Yeah. I know. It literally. And he is like very convinced that we're living in a simulation. <gasps> Which is your he nightmare. doesn't understand why I'm so upset <laughs> by that conversation. So upset. He's like, why are you upset by this? And I'm like, I'm so upset by this. <laughs> And then he, like, breaks down why, like, you know, he's like, well, you know, like, there's patterns and this and that, whatever. And he, like, breaks the whole thing down. I'm like, no. Stop saying I'm this. I'm not Vanilla Sky. <laughs> I'm real. This is bullshit. I don't, I'm not accepting this. Um, uh, but he's a delight. He's great. I would be down to hang out with this guy because I, I'm on the same page as him. Yeah. I'm like, why don't you find it comforting? Like, nothing's real. It's fine. Everything's a simulation. Dude, come on a Tuesday. He comes every Tuesday with his All husband. Right. Fuck yeah. Yeah. You guys can have a grand old time talking about simulations and shit. <gasps> and I'll just be really upset in the corner. The whole time just like mumbling under her breath. Like <laughs> wiping like, the glasses not real. down. Like, I don't like that. Bitches over the simulation. I don't like this. <laughs> I'm just going to talk to someone else at the bar. <laughs> um, yeah, but he recommended Squid Games and a brand new cherry flavor. And he was like, they're like super fucked up. Yeah. And really good. Amazing. Well, yeah, Squid Game already so far is super fucked up, but I'm very intrigued. He was saying that something is like the number one costume this year from Squid Games. That there's a thing that's already like the number one Halloween costume. I'm sure. I'm that's doesn't surprise me at all. No idea. Yeah. Everyone's so fucking fast on the goddamn like pop culture cultural references like for Halloween costumes. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Remember Pizza Rat was a fucking there was, yes! a, there was a Pizza Rat Halloween costume and then there was a sexy Pizza Rat Halloween costume. Yes. Because this is why we can't have nice things. Uh, Cuz obviously there needed to be slutty Pizza Rat. <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna dress like a prudish pizza rat get out of here you're just gonna be a rat with a pizza Stupid. no yeah <laughs> you need to have a midriff in your tits out obviously pepperonis over each rat. nip you got it <laughs> yes it's how we roll oh my god i love it i love halloween even slutty pizza rat i love it yes it's just the best fucking holiday <laughs> fuck christmas i know it's like jesus is born if you're no, a christian like that's amazing boo. But it's no fun. Halloween. Halloween's where it's at. Hell yes. Yeah. Spooky season. Spooky season. Which speaking of. Hey. You got a spooky, kinda, spooky story. A spooky story. Yes. Let's get into it here. So it's like I kind of briefly touched on it earlier with my I don't like uh, children giggling and being creepy. Oh, okay. I clocked it and I was like. Am I going to say, does your story have to do with this? And I was like, no, keep it to yourself because maybe it does. And dreams do fucking come true. Yes. I'm so excited. Oh my God. Dreams do come true. So that was the inspiration for the Mm -hmm. rabbit hole I went down, basically. 
So this was me being like, I need to do a spooky story. What's one of my irrational fears that we can like? I don't. I think it's super really rational. delve into possessed children. Absolutely, super rational. Thank you, because they're horrifying, and it's my nightmare. Like, what do you do? Children are horrifying. Sans possession. <sighs> Thank you. So scary. <laughs> so scary. So add like a demon in a just in a tiny childlike body, and I just can't. I can't handle it. It's my nightmare. Correct. Another, um, you know, strike against motherhood. Yes. Boom. Yes. But instead of covering just a possessed child's story, mm-hmm. I kind of just delved into the idea of demonic possession. Fuck yeah. I went down this rabbit hole and I just was so intrigued. And so now I'm going to tell you guys everything I learned about possession and subsequently exorcisms. Fuck yes, I'm so here for this. You probably didn't expect me of the two of us to do the demonic possession <laughs> one. <laughs> right. But I'm doing it. I'm here. Especially since since you're covering the exorcism I'm co- si- p- portion of it. Yes. Are you more of a Catholic or less of a Catholic after reading <laughs> 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 uh, That's a fair... I mean... <laughs> you're like emphatically less so, actually. I was like, I was co- 0% to begin with, so I guess like... I'm in the negative I'm now. in the negative? <laughs> I'm still 0% technically. So just whatever the least amount possible is. <laughs> I don't think I could get any ca- more Catholic if I tried. Honestly, I just don't. <laughs> it's just not going to work out for me. So sources. WashingtonPost.com, CNN.com, LiveScience.com, CrimeReads.com, Wikipedia, and the academic paper titled Spirit Possession as a Cross-Cultural Experience by Craig S. Keener of the Palmer Theological Seminary of Eastern University, published in the Bulletin for Biblical Research 20.2 in 2010. Fuck yes, I'm so here for this. So glad. I, that was a fucking mouthful. Ew. That's <laughs> what she said. I set that one up. I just fucking set it up, and I was like, here you go, Monique. Knock it down. <laughs> Dynamic duo. Dream team. Right into my mouth. Do it. Yes. Amazing. So, the belief in spirit beings such as gods, ghosts, or demons, as well as the concept of being possessed by such a spirit, can be found in most cultures and religions, including Buddhism, Christianity, Haitian voodoo, Hinduism, Islam, Wicca, as well as Southeast Asian and African traditions. In a 1976 study by anthropologist Erica Borgen-Young, who sampled 488 societies. Oh, shit. Yes. Spirit possession beliefs were present in 74% of them. Dude. It's a lot. That's a lot. It's a lot. See, that's the thing that's very interesting to me. When you look at religions, you you see the same tropes like over and over and over and over and over again. Yes. That to me, as the God-fearing one of the two of us, like it makes me think that there's something there you know like if you see like in essence the same idea like across cultures yeah and like unrelated cultures that haven't had like any sort of contact yeah exactly it's like where did that come from yes yeah the idea of an altered state of consciousness caused by spirits ghosts demons or gods taking control of a human body also known as spirit possession appears most widely in the pacific region and throughout the mediterranean but also has been observed in Africa, the Middle East, many parts of Asia, and the Americas. 
Beliefs in possession by a foreign spirit are so common among unrelated cultures that anthropologists believe they reflect a common human experience rather than a mere cultural belief. This is what the fuck I'm saying. Borgignon said spirit possession should be thought of as a way of interpretation. It's a concept through which a culture makes sense of certain phenomena they don't understand. Mm -hmm. Now, while most cultures may have the concept of possession, the particular expressions vary from one culture to another. And in many of them, possession is not inherently a negative concept. In fact, the idea that invading spirits are inherently evil is largely a Judeo-Christian concept. While possession is almost completely absent from the Hebrew Bible in Jewish mythology, there is a malicious spirit called a Dybbuk, which you obviously introduced us to in your story on the Dybbuk box. For anyone who needs a reminder, a Dybbuk is said to be the dislocated soul of a dead person that possesses a living person's body. Finally, it should come as no surprise to anyone that from the beginning, Christianity has believed that possession derives from the devil, aka Satan. And in the battle between Satan and heaven, it is believed that Satan and his lesser demons engaged in quote-unquote spiritual attacks against human beings, which included demonic possession. The New Testament also cites six instances of Jesus himself casting out demons. Mm -hmm. Since the Middle Ages, the Roman ritual, one of the official ritual works of the Roman Rite of the Catholic Church, outlined the behaviors that indicated a person was experiencing demonic or satanic possession. According to the text, possession is characterized by superhuman strength, speaking in tongues or languages that the victim cannot know, revelation of knowledge distinct or hidden that the victim cannot know, and blasphemous rage, including obscene hand gestures, profanity, and an aversion to holy symbols, names, relics, and places. Historically, spiritual possession has often been associated with various illnesses, and again, Because it's been frequently used as a means through which people have made sense of things they had no other explanation for, almost any undesirable quality, even physical ailments such as being mute or crippled, could be blamed on being possessed by spirit beings. Yep. Oh, wait, being mute also? Yeah. Yeah. That was a a Bible one, weirdly, if I remember correctly. No shit. Because I knew, like, you know, like, things like schizophrenia and, like, DID yeah, have been, of course. you know, misattributed to, you know, demonic possession. But, like, being mute? Yeah. Jesus Christ. You just, no pun. You got the de- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got the, the quiet demon inside you. He just won't let you talk. He fucking strangles your vocal cords. Could you imagine if that were true? Oh, my God, no. That'd be awful. That would be just a nightmare, constantly. Mm-hmm. Although it'd be really great that I wouldn't have to talk to anybody and I could just be like... <laughs> Like, mouthing, like, I'm so sorry, it's the demon. Ah, I can't talk to you about your boring life. I gotta go really quickly the other direction. Sorry. Says the woman who's one half of a podcast (laughs) that all we do is talk. Talk to you, Monique. That's fine. I don't want the demon to prevent me from talking to you. Uh, Speaking of podcasts and just, you know, their general ridiculousness, friend of the pod, Julia from Peony. Hey, girl. Hey. Yesterday on Instagram, she posted... Uh, a cartoon of like a it was like a date like a dinner date yeah and the guy goes i love that you don't have a podcast that you don't have your own podcast (laughs) (laughs) there are dozens of us Uh, that's yeah that's Uh, gonna be a thing that's gonna be a thing it's it's true yes yes it is literally everyone oh that's great that's great (laughs) yep ourselves included yep we're part of the problem guys we we are (laughs) And we're not making any attempt to be part of the solution. 
No, we just keep putting out episodes every week. <laughs> As if it's not a problem. To stop. Right? <laughs> We're going to keep doing it. Literally. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, they would blame even being mute on having a demon inside of you or some sort of spirit. Fucked up. Fucked up. Real fucked up. Now, for most of us in the modern era, the logical explanation behind the idea of possession is that the possessed individual is actually suffering from either a mental illness, such as psychosis, schizophrenia, or, like you said, disassociative identity disorder, DID, or a nervous system disorder, such as Tourette's or epilepsy. Oh, hold on a second. Yes. Fucking oh, I hear it. dumb truck outside. Now I have thong songs stuck in my head. Is that terrible? <laughs> Why? She had dumps. She had dumps like a truck, truck, truck. Guys, like what? What? We what? cannot cut this. But, but. We cannot cut this. <laughs> this is amazing. Damn it! I would have sang it better. I sang it in such a terrible key it's for okay. you. It's okay. We're not fucking. This is an American Idol. That's true. That's fuck. true. Oh, it's definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. I would William hung the shit out of this if we were for real. Oh. I'm obsessed with you. <laughs> with you i'm glad you liked my cisco impression uh yeah absolutely i think you should get a sun tattoo over your belly button because of it oh my god stop it no (laughs) no that's too much for me nope uh or a nervous system disorder such as Tourette's syndrome or epilepsy it's also not uncommon to attribute episodes of sleep paralysis to demonic possession as well Mm -hmm. because it's fucking terrifying yeah and seems like a demon yeah Since people who are allegedly possessed by spirits sometimes present symptoms similar to those associated with mental illness, such as involuntary uncensored behavior and an extra human, extra social aspect to the individual's actions, those suffering from quote-unquote possession also exhibit neurological symptoms found in sleepwalking, psychomotor epilepsy, which is where a person experiences complex partial seizures characterized by a clouding of consciousness and by strange repetitive movements, which occasionally can turn it into a prolonged period of confusion that can last for hours or even days Fuck. with fluctuating levels of awareness and strange behavior. Damn. Or possibly a hysterical fugue state, which is a type of disassociative disorder. Although some psychiatrists have discussed adding a, quote, trance and possession disorder diagnosis to the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, or DSM. Currently, spirit possession of any kind is not considered a psychiatric or medical diagnosis recognized by either the DSM or ICD, the International Classification of Diseases. However, in clinical psychiatry, trance and possession disorders are defined as, quote, states involving a temporary loss of the sense of personal identity and full awareness of the surroundings, end quote, and are therefore generally just classified with kind of all the other types of disassociative disorders. Right. However, there's still so much about the human mind that psychiatrists just don't know and understand. In fact, it's only recently that the idea of multiple personalities has been recognized as a legitimate disorder. So that's back in the mix. Multiple personalities, because for a long time, it was like, it's not a thing. Uh, No, but it has been officially added to the DSM. Interesting. There may still be some controversy on that. Okay. Yeah, because I remember there was like some memoir, some shit of someone being like, I have eight personalities. And every shrink was like, that's not real, actually. Because fucking Ted Bundy did this bullshit of like, I didn't kill the person, but like entity did. My other personality did. Yes. And then- Initially, people bought it, and then they're like, no, this is bullshit. So I guess now it's back back in the mix. I guess so. We might need to do we might need to do a story on this then. Oh, shit. Yeah. I'd be into that. I'd be into it. 
Something interesting I did read about DID, which was when alter personalities were asked about who they believed they were, Mm -hmm. 84% of them said they were helping spirits and 29% said they were, in fact, demons. Now, obviously, the thing that goes hand in hand with possessions is exorcisms. Yeah. And because, as I stated previously, spirit possession has often been seen as a sickness In many cultures, exorcism is then seen as the cure for that sickness and used as a way to treat the so-called illness. And if you're anything like me, then most of what you know about exorcisms probably comes from pop culture references. (laughs) From the exorcist. Yep. And what you may not have realized is that prior to the classic 1973 film, Exorcism in the United States was actually an extremely rare occurrence. Mm -hmm. At the time, Protestants typically regarded exorcism as superstitious, while the Catholic Church regarded it as an embarrassment. Yeah, did it? I don't know if you're going to get into this, but uh, I believe you had to get the okay from like the Pope or the Vatican to perform an exorcism. If, uh, if you were Catholic. I am not going to get into that, but I believe you are correct on that. If yeah. I remember. So it wasn't, we weren't like playing, the Catholics weren't playing like fast and loose. Like they had to go through like psychological evaluation, all this stuff. And then if none of that worked, a priest would have to investigate the situation. And then if they're like, yo, you're super possessed, like basically write the Pope and be like, yo, homegirl needs an exorcism multipronto. And then the Pope would be like, yeah or nay. Uh, and apparently a lot of people did not get the, uh, yay from the Pope. Yeah. Yeah. It's exceedingly rare. Yes. For Catholics. Other people definitely oh, play fast and loose with for it. For sure. Uh, yeah. They take it a little more seriously. The Vatican. Yeah. They're like, it's kind of a big deal. Thanks. You know. However, the release of the classic horror film is credited with creating a massive demand for exorcisms in its wake. Yeah. And with seemingly no other option but to cater to this new market, Evangelicals, Pentecostals, Protestants, and Catholics alike began performing exorcisms on quote-unquote possessed individuals. Mm. Many exorcism-themed films draw inspiration from real-life cases. Two of the most famous, The Exorcist, covers one of those, which it was inspired by a 1949 Washington Post article Mm -hmm. about a 14-year-old boy from Maryland under the pseudonym Roland Doe or Robbie Mannheim, who had been supposedly possessed by a demon and subsequently undergone an exorcism. Although the author of The Exorcist took the story to be credible at the time, later research revealed that it had been greatly sensationalized. In his 1993 book, Possessed, the True Story of an Exorcism, author Thomas B. Allen said, quote, Robbie was just a deeply disturbed boy, nothing supernatural about him, end quote. Mm. Which, like, burn. Yeah. (laughs) Damn. You got served, son. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, More recently, The Exorcism of Emily Rose. I love that fucking movie. Do you? I love it. It, Like, a lot of people hated it because they were like, this is like Law and Order and an Exorcism. And I'm like, yeah, I fucking love that. I love that. (laughs) Full disclosure, I didn't watch it because I think it came out during my um, No, I Don't Like Scary Movie phases. And then I realized, like, oh, no, I actually do like scary movies (laughs) i can watch a scary movie it's fucking great because it's like from a legal standpoint how do you argue this yes because basically it's it's like negligent homicide and how do how do you argue like no actually the priest was performing an exorcism yes 
I loved it. I thought it was great. Other people did not share my enthusiasm for film, but I very much enjoyed it. Oh, shit. I'll have to check it out then. It's a good one. I did not include that in my research for my story this week. It's all good. But as I said, based on the tragic exorcism case of Annalise Michelle, a 23-year-old German woman who underwent 67 Catholic exorcism rites during the year before her death and eventually died of malnutrition. In reality, Annalise had a seizure at 16 and was diagnosed by doctors with psychosis caused by temporal lobe epilepsy. Afterward, she was diagnosed with depression and treated at a psychiatric hospital. However, her treatment wasn't effective, and by the time she was 20, she had become intolerant of various religious objects and began to hear voices. When her condition continued to worsen, even with medication, Annalise became suicidal. Since taking psychiatric medications for five years hadn't improved her symptoms at all, Annalise and her family became convinced that she was possessed by a demon. Mm. She was subjected to 67 exorcisms, like I said, over 10 months with one or two each week, usually lasting up to four hours. Can you fucking imagine that shit? No, fuck no. I can barely do anything for four hours. (laughs) Towards the end, Annalise refused to eat and her parents stopped consulting doctors at her request. And on July 1st, 1976, Annalise died from malnutrition and dehydration, resulting from living in a semi-starved state for nearly a year while the exorcisms were performed. I know. This is what really got me. At the time of her death, she was suffering from broken knees due to continuous genuflections, which is like, as you know, when you like get down on one knee to like pay respects. Yeah. Yeah. And weighed just 68 pounds. A 20-year-old. Fuck. A 23-year-old woman. Yes. Although this was a fictionalized retelling, the film still served to highlight the very dangerous and very real consequences of exorcisms. But before we immediately write off every possession as just a case of undiagnosed mental illness... Let's talk about Dr. Richard Gallagher. Yes. And before we do this, I would just like to point out that the following information comes from CNN and the Washington Post. Yes. Dr. Richard Gallagher is a board-certified psychiatrist who teaches at Columbia University and New York Medical College. He graduated from Yale and considers himself a quote-unquote man of science. He's not a schlub. He's not a schlub. And... Although it may seem unusual, priests have been calling on him to consult on cases of supposed demonic possession for the last 25 years. Fuck yeah. His goal is to distinguish episodes of mental illness from what he calls the quote-unquote real thing. I fucking love this. Can you imagine that's your job? I cannot for one second. And to have it's to like kind try of to- It's job. It's- is that fucked up? No, girl. <laughs> I get it. For you, fuck Yeah. I couldn't deal with having to try to explain this to people all the time. Yeah. Because while possession is incredibly rare and most of the people Dr. Gallagher evaluates are suffering from diagnosable medical disorders, Mm -hmm. he also says demonic possession is real and that he's seen the evidence. Victims suddenly speaking perfect Latin, sacred objects flying off shelves, People displaying quote-unquote hidden knowledge or secrets about people that they could not have possibly known. He said he once saw a woman who was maybe 90 pounds soaking wet throw a Lutheran deacon who was about 200 pounds 
across the room. Holy shit. Yeah, what the fuck? He said, quote, that's not psychiatry. That's beyond psychiatry, end quote. Yeah. So how does a quote unquote man of science start believing in demonic possession? Apparently, you meet the Queen of Satan. Oh. In one of his first cases in the late 1980s, at the height of the satanic panic, he met not just any old member of a satanic cult, but a self-styled satanic high priestess who acknowledged worshiping Satan as his quote-unquote queen. Okay. Right? Get it, girl. Is this like a open relationship right. or do you have like promise <laughs> rings? What's happening here? Definitely open relationship. He's definitely not committing to her. How do you know he's into it? Oh, he's into it. <laughs> I was like, you're worshiping him. I, he's got to be into it, right? Yeah. Because she wrote a pentagram on her palm in a Sharpie. Yeah. That sealed the deal? Yep. Wrote it right on her pussy, Monique. She's got that pentagram <laughs> pussy. <laughs> Enter that's, here. That's Satan snatch. You know it. <laughs> That it was an alliteration and crass just makes me adore you even more than I thought was possible. I did it because I knew you would enjoy it. I was like, it's not going to be as funny if it's not an alliteration. Monique will not appreciate it as much. It has to be You know me so fucking well. I love it. I'm obsessed with you. I'm obsessed with you. I love making you laugh. It's my favorite. (laughs) You're nailing it this episode, girl. Yes. According to Gallagher, she was a charming middle-aged woman who wore dark clothes and black eyeshadow. However, despite being a practicing Satanist, she had approached a priest convinced she was being attacked by a demon. What do you expect, sweetheart? Yeah, like you knew what you were fucking with. If you're Satan's bae, what do you think's gonna happen? Like, I bet you sleep with a Ouija board under your pillow. Like, settle down. You knew what the fuck was up. I know. This is the amateur hour. It is amateur hour. Bitches be basic. (laughs) Bitches be basic. The priest referred her to an exorcist who then reached out to Gallagher for a mental health evaluation. Gallagher said he was surprised that a self-proclaimed devil worshiper would want to be free of the devil and could tell she too was conflicted because part of her wanted to be free of the possession. It wasn't until her exorcism that Dr. Gallagher started to believe in true demonic possession. He said it changed him. According to him, objects flew off the shelves around her, and she somehow knew personal details about his life, like how his mother had died of ovarian cancer, and the fact that two cats in his house went crazy fighting each other the night before one of her sessions. (gasps) Gallagher even said that she found a way to reach him when they were thousands of miles away from one another. One night, when Gallagher was on a call with her priest, Both men heard one of the demonic voices that came from her during her trances over the line. (gasps) I know! Apparently they were, like, pretty chill about it, though. They, like, didn't freak out. Did they pull, like, a a Peter Venkman and Ghostbusters? Like, what a lovely singing voice you must have. (laughs) I fucking hope so. (laughs) Despite the disturbing nature of this information, Dr. Gallagher says he was never afraid. He agrees that it's creepy, but believes he's on the winning side. Gallagher also insists that he's on the side of science. He says he's a stickler for the scientific method and that it teaches people to follow the facts wherever they may lead. He said, quote, I approach each situation with an initial skepticism. I technically do not make my own quote unquote diagnosis of possession, but inform the clergy that the symptoms in question have no conceivable medical cause, end quote. Gallagher also says that he's not the only educated individual who believes in demonic possession. Dr. Jeffrey Lieberman, a psychiatrist who specializes in schizophrenia, 
and the director of the New York State Psychiatric Institute arrived at a similar conclusion after he had an unnerving experience with a patient that freaked him out. Dr. Lieberman and a family therapist were attempting to treat a young woman who was believed to be possessed. They worked with her for several months but yielded no success and were forced to eventually give up. However, something happened during the treatment that he still can't explain. Lieberman said when he returned home after sessions with the woman, the lights in his house would go off by themselves. Photographs and artwork would fall or slide off shelves, and he would experience a piercing headache. One day, when he mentioned this to the family therapist he was working with on the woman's case, her response stunned him. Because she was having the exact same experiences. Yes! What the fuck? Lieberman said, quote, Because of the bizarre things that occurred, I wouldn't say that demonic possession is impossible or categorically rule it out, although I have very limited empirical evidence to verify its existence, end quote. I love it. I mean, I don't. I don't want anyone to be possessed. That sounds terrible. I just love when... Me, I'll believe any bullshit, but I'm not Amy Traden, woman (laughs) of science, you know? (laughs) So when these, like, medical professionals are like, Yo, I don't know what the fuck this is. Yeah. I love it. Honestly, it made me feel really bad that when that <laughs> that kid on Bashan was like, oh yeah, demons are real. I totally did the hard internal eye roll and like <laughs> went, okay, dude, in my head. Because <laughs> now he might have fucking been telling the truth. Who fucking knows? <laughs> Shit. Well, I mean, also like- I'm such an asshole. Isn't everyone on Bashan on drugs, essentially? Yeah, well. You know, it's easier to like not- Take that seriously. Yes. Now, obviously, wouldn't be paranormal if I didn't give some sort of devil's advocate here. Mm -hmm. So, obligatory devil's advocate. One of the leading skeptics of exorcism and one of Gallagher's chief critics is Stephen Novella, a neurologist and professor at Yale School of Medicine who founded the New England Skeptical Society. Mm. He even wrote a lengthy dissection insisting that instead of the woman possessing unnatural knowledge about his life, she had merely done a cold rate on him. Mm. Novella dismisses the claim that objects flew off the shelves since there has been no video evidence of any paranormal events, such as levitation or objects flying across the room, occurring during an exorcism. I mean, also, like, weird shit's happened in my apartment, and I don't record anything in my apartment. Like, I'm not, like, recording my closet to see what turns on by itself and shit. Yes. Also, I feel like when there are recordings of supposedly, like, things moving unexplainably and stuff, everyone's just like, there was a wind that you couldn't see, or, like, right, the floor is uneven. Right. There's always a thing. Yes. So, even if there was video proof, you have so, already like, dismissed it, it as false yeah. immediately, basically. However, Gallagher says that demons actually won't allow themselves to be recorded by video equipment, and according to him, they want to sow doubt, not confirm their existence. Yeah, of course. Which, I mean, you do kind of hear in paranormal shit all the time that, like... Uh, that was you. You did a story. Was it a celebrity ghost story? No? Uh, where the recorder stopped working. Yeah. Yeah. That every time you turned it on, it would stop. It would stop, because it fucking knew. Yeah. So, yeah, there's that aspect of it, but then it's one of those things where the skeptics are like, well, that's very convenient for you right. to explain it like that. So I get it. I mean, to use a, an Andy Dufresneism from Shawshank Redemption, when they're like, isn't that super convenient that you that you threw out the gun and you don't, you know, and your wife was and her lover were like murdered by a gun? She's like, 
no, it's decidedly inconvenient because I find myself in this position. Yes. And basically, I'm going to go to the clink for something I didn't fucking do. Which, if they had the gun, would prove that I didn't do it. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. There we go. Another skeptic, Michael Caneo, who attended 50 exorcisms during research for his book, American Exorcism, Expelling Demons in the Land of Plenty, published in 2002, he said that he never saw anything supernatural or unexplainable. No levitation or spinning heads or demonic scratch marks suddenly appearing on anyone's face, though many involved some cursing, spitting, and vomiting for good measure. He says he's just seen emotionally troubled people on both sides of the ritual. While Gallagher sees his work with the possessed as an extension of his responsibilities as a doctor, Novella criticizes any therapist who believes his patient's delusions, saying that the worst thing you can do to a patient who is delusional is to confirm their delusions. Ugh. Which, like, part of me understands, but then I just, like, kind of go back to the alien abduction thing where I'm like, that is, like, so common of an experience. Yeah. To just immediately just be like, you're delusional and to dismiss it as delusion and not entertain any possibility also seems like it's doing a disservice to this very weird, unique experience people are having independently of one another, I should say. Yeah. So while I do agree with that to a certain extent, I don't completely agree with that. Yeah, same. To these skeptics, exorcisms work because of psychology and the power of suggestion. Basically, if you believe you're possessed and that an exorcism will cure you, then it just might. However, as terrifying as the idea of a real demonic possession is, the more horrifying reality is that regardless of whether you believe possession is real, exorcisms continue to be formed to this day many times on people who are emotionally and mentally disturbed and are almost always performed on women or children. Ah. And sadly, the process of expelling the quote-unquote demon often results in death. Mm. On August 22, 2003, an eight-year-old autistic boy in Milwaukee was killed by church members who believed <gasps> evil spirits were responsible for his condition. Holy they wrapped, fuck. Yep. They wrapped the boy in sheets and held him down during a prayer service slash exorcism. An autopsy found extensive bruising on the back of his neck Ugh. and concluded that he had died of asphyxiation. Oh, I know. Poor bunny. Oh, my God. I know. I'm going to throw a few more at you just so that you get the, like, prevalence of this. And because, obviously, that yeah. 2003 was more than 15 years ago. So, mm -hmm. In January 2014, Ugh. it was reported that a mother from Maryland stabbed two of her children <gasps> to death while attempting an exorcism with a friend. In 2019, an Arizona man was trying to cast out a demon when he killed his six-year-old son by holding his face under hot water. Oh my god! I know. And on December 10th, 2020, a four-year-old girl was killed in Missouri by her family's neighbors who claimed they were trying to remove a demon by beating the young girl with a leather belt and dunking her in an icy pond. What the fuck? Yeah. How are these people allowed to fucking procreate? Seriously, it's really fucked up. And I kind of just like generally covered a lot of ways in which they like expel the demon, but they're all fucking horrible. Like best case scenario, they're going to throw some holy water on you. Worst case scenario, they're going to possibly try to like drown you or beat the shit out of you. 
to get this quote-unquote demon out. This is like the same shit with the Salem witch trials, like the floating test. Yes. Of like, if you drowned, you were innocent. If you were guilty, you were so evil that the water would like expel you out, aka you'd float. It was like you were fucked either way. Yeah. So I died and you guys were wrong and I, I'm dead or... Or I'm a buoyant person. So now I get to be burned at the stake or like hang a witch. Cool, cool, cool. Amazing. Thanks, guys. And even though this isn't an exorcism, but it kind of is the the guy who killed his two kids earlier this year with the... I was thinking about that. The QAnon guy. Because the QAnon guy. He thought they were he, possessed by like serpent that DNA. They had like serpent DNA and yeah. they were reptilians or whatever the fuck. Yeah. That's like a form of possession, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And that was this year. Literally. Like, what the fuck? Like, to this day. Get off of Reddit. (laughs) Amy's like, I literally wouldn't have like three quarters of my stories without Reddit. (laughs) Oh my God. Partial facts. Oh my God. (laughs) Thanks, Reddit. So these are obviously just a few horrifying recent examples and doesn't even scratch the surface of the amount of times this has happened historically over the thousands of years that people have culturally believed in possessions. And although the idea of possession might seem like a relic of the Dark Ages, exorcisms are arguably more popular today than at any point in history with the exception of 16th and 17th century europe that's so fucked it's so terrifying like the thought of this it's one of those things i didn't ever really think about it because it's not something that i personally believe and it's not something that touches my life or affects my life in any way so the thought that this is the most popular they've ever been basically outside of like the middle ages fucking blows my mind i can't i can't process it we're supposed to be like Advanced, like, yeah, you know, learned, learned. We're supposed to be learned. God damn it. I mean, and then the the other side of that coin, if if we're going to play obligatory devil's advocate on the other end, it's maybe it's just shit is worse. Yeah. And, you know, the demons are running, running amok. It feels like it. I mean, honestly, it does feel like it. The last couple of years have been tough. On the bright side, the demons are simulated. Everyone (laughs) just tell yourself that. It's fine. Flo, did you hear that? everything is better. (laughs) Everything is better. You're welcome. (laughs) We're all Sims. My least favorite game in the history of the fucking world. God damn it. (laughs) Oh my god. Hello, I'm moving. Give me two seconds. Okay. No harm, no (laughs) foul. Okay. Okay, 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 okay. Um, obviously, totally a coincidence, But the only key that I hit on my keyboard while I was moving it from one room to the other um, was the six. So literally, I have three full lines of just six, 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 over and over and over again. Um, Cool, 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 cool. Super regret doing the story now. Cool, cool, cool. Awesome, awesome. Amazing. All right. How many keys are there on a keyboard? That's the one you hit? Yeah. All right, settle down. Satan. <laughs> Be gone with them. Uh, the Atlantic reported that the number of Catholic exorcisms has been growing in recent years. And while there is no empirical evidence that proves possession is real, in a 2013 YouGov survey, more than half of Americans polled said they believed in demonic possession, with 46% saying that they believed exorcisms could drive out demons. <sighs> See, I know that's so many. I don't know that I 
believe in it, but I wouldn't rule it out. You know, like it wouldn't be like I wouldn't jump to it immediately. Yeah. But if eliminate all other options and exactly limit all other options explanation, then okay. And if nothing else is happening, then like priest party it up. <laughs> Get everybody in here. Everyone. Every all the priests, all the denominations. Every creed, every yep. faith. Do mm-hmm. what you gotta do. Non-denominational exorcism. Don't give a fuck. Whatever. Let's get it. I'll say this. I hope I never get to find out. Uh, yes. That's where I'm at. I hope I never have to find out whether it's real or not. Girl, you spoke the words of my soul. (laughs) I was like, I don't believe this because I don't have any experience to, uh, (laughs) to indicate otherwise. Please don't give me any experience to make me believe otherwise. Fucking sixes. Six, six, six. Appeared on you. That was a little weird. Mm Mm-hmm. I um, also specifically thought I was, like, carrying my computer in such a way that, like, none of the keys were being touched. Except six. And if I did, it was, like, yeah, it was all of the, like, it would have been, like, the lower keys. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Okay. Coincidences happen. Sure. It's weird. It's that it was weird. only six. You know, the devil's number. It's cool, cool, cool. NBD. <laughs> Get the salt, Monique. <laughs> <laughs> You told me you had a holy water guy, all right? Call him up. I need this pronto. Hey, girl. Amazon Prime, that shit. I got I got a church three blocks away. I got you. Fuck yes. Boom. Thank you. I don't know where any of the churches are, Monique, so I'm fucked. <laughs> That's why you got me. Thank you. Thank you. The power of Christ compels you. <laughs> power of Monique compels me. That's what... <laughs> Facts. <laughs> Although it may seem like it, belief in spirit possessions is not a fringe concept. And some have expressed concern that this belief in demonic possession ends up limiting access to healthcare for the mm. mentally ill. Mm. While exorcisms in film can be entertaining, exorcisms in real life can be fatal. And I think Benjamin Radford of Live Science put it best when he said, quote, The tragic irony is that in many cases, the evil is committed not by the devil, but by those who believe in him. Fucking facts. Oh my God. Right? That was like, I felt that in my soul. I oh know. Oh my God. Uh, it was one of those where like, I read it and I was like, I can't just like steal this line, but it's like so well put that I don't want to end on anything else. So that's it. There you go. That was my fucking dive into the weird rabbit hole that was demonic possessions and exorcisms it didn't go where i thought it was gonna go yeah honestly that you're like by the way other than the middle ages we've literally never had more than we do now never had more than we do now that we are still having children die on the regular at least in the past two years from people mistakenly believing these children are possessed and then literally just murdering them. Yeah. And then I just like wasn't expecting to read about the Richard Gallagher thing where he's like actually a fucking doctor and seems to reputable and not a fucking woo-woo person. And he's acknowledges the fact that 90, he doesn't say any numbers, but basically a majority of the cases are mental illnesses that can be diagnosed. And yet- there's always that one or two that just no medical explanation conceivably explains everything that's happening. And therefore, what is the most logical explanation? Right. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed our our foray into – you probably know more about the subject than I do, honestly, with your Catholic background. Not a ton, other than it's like a thing. And that 
as per the Bible, that they recognize God and Jesus and stuff. Uh, and that basically almost like there's not almost like there's like a hierarchy of Demons of, of demons and just like like the demons acknowledge that God and Jesus are above them. Yes, that they are the fallen. Yes, they're the fallen angels. Yeah, because there's a story in the Bible. Uh, there's a lot of like possessions in the Bible, but um. Oh yeah, I couldn't one... get into all. I couldn't get into nearly no, all sorry. of it. There's like <laughs> okay. we didn't have the time. Yeah. No, there's no time. But uh, yeah, there's uh, that I'm not entirely remembering at the moment. But it's something like. I think it was Jesus went to like cast out a demon and the demon like recognized Jesus. I was like, oh shit, the HBIC's in here. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Verbatim, that's how it's written in the Bible. <laughs> right? <laughs> the head bitch in charge is here. I got to evacuate this person. Um, that was really cool. That was really fascinating. I hope you thought so. I hope I didn't bore yeah. anybody. I know I didn't like give you... Um... I feel like I gave you a more terrifying reality than I did, like, yeah. a spooky paranormal story. Children are dying from real exorcisms that are not based on real demonic possessions. Yeah. So Bottom line. The thing that I always took comfort in uh, as a Catholic was, you know, we don't, like, we don't, it's, we're not like Baptists and shit that, you know. Like, the speaking of tongues and the laying of hands, like, all that. Like, we don't, you know, we yeah. need the Pope to sign off on this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> There's, we have bureaucracy. Thank yeah. you. Like, we're, yeah. There's checks and balances. But you say we're that nailing it. even for the Catholic Church that exorcisms are up, that's very alarming to me. Yes. Because it's either religious hysteria, which is always a possibility. And, and I think yeah, uh, and we're very, very much living in that now. For sure. And... It's either that or the weird, terrifying truth of it's not, and this is just actually happening. Yeah. So it's not great either way. Not great either way. Suboptimal. Suboptimal. I'm haunted by <laughs> both of those fucking options. Yeah. So neither one is comforting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was pretty horrifying. Uh, like I, I talk about how there's certain horror movies that are are more horrifying than they are scary. Yes. I would say this story is that. Okay. Yeah. I agree. It's the idea of it that gets into your brain. That you're like, any outcome of this is awful. It's terrible. Yes. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Yeah. But that was amazing. Thank you. I hope Thanks you guys, so much for that. You're very welcome. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. And now I'm really looking forward to how horrifying <laughs> you're going to make the true crime story this week. Because I fucking know you went all out. I fucking know you didn't do a pharmaceutical heist like this bitch. <laughs> Lay it on me. Amy, you know me so fucking well. Oh. Guys, it's fucking October. It's spooky season. We we put on the kid gloves last week because I gave you the most horrific story the week before. And so did Amy. And it's October. I'm in this for real world, not for play play. <laughs> Give it to me. So we're going to be talking about Carl Tanzler. Buckle your fucking seats. Oh, shit. Okay. Should have got a drink for this one. Right? It's going to get rough. So, sources. FloridaInsider.com. MuseumFacts.co.uk. KQED.org. AllThat'sInteresting.com. And Wikipedia.com. Carl Tanzler was born in 1877 in Dresden, Germany. Not much is known about his early life or family, except that he had one sister. 
He grew up in Imperial Germany, where his interests and hobbies included science, astronomy, and general building and inventing things. Tansler's childhood was unremarkable in all aspects, except for one. According to him, one night while he was vacationing in Italy as a young boy, one of his ancestors came to him in a dream and showed him a vision of his, quote, one true love. Oh, no. Uh-huh. She was a beautiful, dark-haired, exotic beauty, and he spent years being inundated with these visions of her. Tansler reportedly studied weather patterns in Austria in 1910, where he stayed until the end of World War I. While it's unclear as to why he traveled so extensively, he made his way around the world by traveling to India, Australia, and Cuba, and then back to Germany. Upon returning home, Tansler married and had two children. On February 6, 1926, Tansler sailed from Rotterdam to Havana, Cuba. From Havana, he sailed to Zephyr Hills, Florida. Oh, shit. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> Fucking bottle, water bottle, Sorry, baby. Florida girl. Yeah, we, yeah, yep. You guys have Poland Spring. We have Zephyr Hills. Where his sister had already migrated. Nope, she's not a bird. Immigrated. <laughs> <laughs> sure, whatever. It's fine. God, yeah. sure. Nailing the story. Tansler was then joined in Florida by his wife, Doris Ann Schaefer, and their two daughters, Aisha and Crystal. And because Carl was a stand-up guy, he quickly abandoned his wife and children to work as a radiologic technician at the U.S. Marine Hospital in Key West. Classy. Yeah, right? Super Keep classy. classy. Yeah. It's like Margaritaville bullshit. It's like, oh, I'm just going to like abandon my family and move to Key West. Okay, thanks, bye. You want to have fun. Family yes. is boring. Have fun with the family. Let's go to senior frogs. Yeah. <laughs> Get it. Two for one margaritas. Let's do this. Right? Exactly. Once he got to Key West, he decided to undergo a rebrand. Carl Tanzler was now Count Carl von Kossel. Oh, you thought uh-huh. very highly of yourself, sir. Oh, indeed. You made yourself a count. Okay. Cool. The German-born radiologist, who was most definitely not a count, claimed to have nine university degrees, be a former submarine captain, and an accomplished inventor. Spoiler, none of that was fucking true. Also, like, when did you have time to do this, sir? Literally. Yeah. And because we didn't have the Google machine in the way, way back, the people of the Conch Republic bought this bullshit, and he worked as a fucking doctor, even though he had zero fucking credentials. What? Girl. That is terrifying. Oh, this is gonna terrifying. this is gonna be real bad. This is not gonna be good. There's twists and turns. Oof. I don't think you're gonna see where this is. Oh, coming. I d- already don't. Or going. I don't know. <laughs> I never see coming and going. There's lots of shit. I never see where anything's <laughs> going. <laughs> we can come. We can go. Whatever you want to do. Who knows? On April twenty second, nineteen thirty, while working at the Marine Hospital, he heard a soft knock on the door of his basement office. When he asked the person to come in, he was met with a shocking sight. It was his dream girl. Maria Elena Milagro de Hoyos was born in Key West in 1909 to Cuban parents. Just rolled right off the tongue. Right? Yep. It's almost like like I speak Spanish. (laughs) Like it was my first language. Right? (laughs) She was born in Key West in 1909 to Cuban parents. Her father, Francisco, was a local cigar maker and her mother, Aurora, was a homemaker. Elena had two sisters and was raised in a large family. On February 18th, 1926, at the age of 16, Elena married Luis Mesa, but her loving husband left her shortly after she suffered a miscarriage because he's a trash person and fucked off to Miami. What an asshole. Fuck you. Yeah. Ugh. And he, like, lived there, like, well into, like, the 1970s, like, until he died. 
What a fucking dick. Fuck this guy. Upon seeing the 20-year-old local beauty, Tansler immediately recognized her as the woman from his childhood premonitions, and that their love was meant to be. Thing is, Elena went to the hospital for the same reason most people go to the hospital, because she was ill. And turns out that Elena had tuberculosis, which in (gasps) 1930, tuberculosis was a death sentence. Oh, yeah. And despite his blatant lack of qualifications needed to treat a tuberculosis patient, Tansler was determined to save Elena. He couldn't have met his dream woman that he was destined to be with just to have her die on him. So, Tansler, with his self-professed medical knowledge, attempted to treat and cure Elena with a variety of medicines, herbs, and homemade tonics, as well as x-ray and electrical equipment that he illegally brought to Elena's home. Like, he literally smuggled out fucking x-rays and took them to her house. Dude! And this is the 30s. An x-ray has to be, like, the size of a fucking house. I was gonna say, how the fuck did he get up there? He fucking wheeled that shit. He wasn't that big. I don't know. He hooked up some chickens and had them fucking pull it like a sled? Maybe. And if you think Tansler had any chill about Elena being the woman he was destined to be with, you're wrong, obviously. Not only did he tell her that they were meant to be together. Dude. (laughs) He constantly professed his love to her and showered her with gifts of jewelry and clothing. He even asked her to marry him several times But Elena repeatedly turned him down, stating that she was still technically married to that other sack of shit, and she was sickly. Now, realistically, there is no evidence to support that she ever reciprocated his feelings. So I think it was kind of like, ha ha no, you know, I'm like still married, so how's that like saving my life thing going? Yeah. Yeah. You have a cure for me yet? Or Or like, you know. No. Also, I think part of her not being into him, in addition to Tansler being like overbearing and having zero chill, is that while Elena was 20, Tansler was 55. Oh, weeh. Yeah. And he, he looks, he's not like, like a sexy, like Clooney 55. Suave 55. He's a, he's a fucking hard German 55. Ooh. Like, he looks like fucking Sigmund Freud. It's not solution-inducing. No. Yeah, it's not like how, like, Jennifer Aniston's in her 50s and she's a fucking babe. Not Carl Tanzler. No, definitely not. Despite all his quackery, Tanzler could not save his one true love. And on October 25th, 1931, Elena died of tuberculosis at her parents' home in Key West, despite the doctor's best efforts to save her. Tansler asked Elena's mother if he could keep her hair as a memento, and she obliged, which Ew. red fucking flag. Yeah. No. no, no, no. No. You can have a lock if, it, if you really want it. Wait. That's what I was thinking. Is he, It's like all no. of her hair? Yes. Like a lot of it. A lot of the hair. Jaw is on the floor. I d- like, like. Ew. What? Like, no. She probably got like a pixie cut. <gasps> So that he could have her fucking hair. Like, it's a lot of her hair. He's not going to do anything good with it, for the record. Like, it's not going to be cute, whatever he's going to do with it. No. No. It's what you call foreshadowing. Ew. Already. I'm pre-ewing this situation. Uh Uh-huh. And immediately upon her demise, he had a death mask made of Elena's face. Tansler insisted on paying for the funeral arrangements, and with permission from Elena's family, he purchased an expensive above-ground stone mausoleum in the Key West Cemetery for his number one crush's remains to lay. Oh, God. He insisted, right? (gasps) 
He insisted on an airtight casket with an incubator tank full of formaldehyde to prevent decay. Because granted, this is 1931. Like, embalming is not really a fucking thing that's happening here. Yeah. And while all of this was extra as fuck, to say the least, Elena's parents weren't going to look a gift horse in the mouth. For better or worse, this quote-unquote doctor did everything he could to save their daughter, and he paid for her elaborate final resting place. Even if it was a little weird, they were grateful to Tansler. What Elena's family didn't realize was that the only key to the tomb would remain in Tansler's possession, and he would quickly take advantage of this privilege. Oh no. He visited Elena's tomb every night for two years. Dude. Every single fucking night. Get a life. Go on a fucking date. See a show. Something. Anything. Get the fuck away from the mausoleum. I don't do anything every day for two years. Literally, except breathe, basically. Yes. That's it. Yes. Because I don't have control over that. Yes. <laughs> Everything, like, I'm like, I'll skip it. Do I really need to take a shower today? No. Dude, I don't do anything every day for two years. Without fail, he continued to leave gifts at her graveside, eerie offerings, and excessive treasures to the object of his affections. He even installed a telephone line in Elena's crypt so that he could continue speaking to her even if he wasn't there in person. Like, he would literally call and be like, hey, bae. You sleeping? Cool, cool, cool. Just lying around? Yeah. Uh, I have Red no, I have no words for this because this is this so fucking crazy. I can't even for one second. So fucking crazy. Exactly. Also so narcissistic. Like, I literally love this out of my own voice so much that I'm going to give a phone to a corpse so that I can talk yeah. to said corpse. Okay, dude. Sure, Jan. Yeah. Tansler claimed that Elena's spirit would come to him at the cemetery and he would sit by her grave and she would serenade him with her favorite Spanish song, La Bola Negra, which translates to the Black Wedding, which is... Which is dark, real dark. Which I, I don't know the song, but that's very ominous. Yeah. It's not La Cucaracha. It doesn't sound super fun, okay? <laughs> ya no puede caminar. Yeah. Um, uh- <laughs> Although, you know, that song's pretty fucked up, too, because it's yeah. the, the song goes, he can't walk because he's missing his primary leg. That's not as catchy, money. No. <laughs> it does not have the same ring to it as... <laughs> but also, I'm not crazy about cockroaches, so, yeah, I kind of get it. You know, we're traumatized from that, that Miami life. Palmetto bugs, yeah. Girl, no. fuck. Get the fuck out of here. Pterodactyl-sized goddamn cockroaches. Girl. They have no fucking fear. They fly straight for your fucking face. These motherfuckers. And the accuracy with which they aim for your mouth yes. is insane. Ugh, God. Ugh. Fucking kamikaze bugs. Jesus. For fucking real. Tansler visited Elena's grave every night for nearly two years. Then after he lost his job for unknown reasons. I'm going to guess because he's a quack. That's what I'm going to Also, go maybe not showing up and just chilling at this girl's grave the whole time. Like, you gotta yeah. go to work, dude. Maybe. Like, yeah. do shit. He abruptly stopped visiting the cemetery altogether, which was not lost on Elena's family. Like, he's super obsessed with her. He shelled out a fuck ton of cash to build this. Because in Key West, since the, I think they're three feet above the water level, above sea level. In oh, Key West. shit. So, like, you can't dig anything. All the, so It's like New Orleans. Like, everything's above ground. But it's, like, this beautiful, like, stone mausoleum. Like, it could be, like, a small home, for sure. Holy shit. It's, yes. And then he just ghosted her one day, basically. Yeah, like, for two years, he goes, every single day, he fucking installs a phone to be like, yo, what's up? How you doing? And then just stops showing up. So the family's like, hmm, what's that about? I'm calling it now. He sexted with the corpse. 
for a fact. That's your oh, final answer? That is my final answer. Oh, okay. no, did I call it? Oh, no. <laughs> I was making a joke. I hate when my jokes are right because they're so dark and horrible. Oh, no. Okay. I told you this is going to be a bad one. Oh, no. <laughs> For the next several years, even though Tansler was not known to be dating anyone, he was often seen buying women's clothes and perfume at local stores. One night, a local boy claimed to have seen Tansler through the window dancing with what appeared to be a life-size doll. Oh, never trust the doll. No! <sighs> we learned this from episode one. Yep, never trust a life-size doll. Nope. So Elena's family heard the rumors over the years, and one day Elena's sister finally decided to confront Tansler on why he abruptly stopped visiting her sister's grave. So Elena's sister went to Tansler's home to find out why, and Tansler tells her that the reason he stopped visiting her sister's grave was because she was no longer there. By golly, he had done it. He had brought her sister back to life, and he was going to prove it to her. He took the woman to his bedroom where she saw what appeared to be a life-size doll lying in the bed. No! But Tansler informed the confused woman that that was no doll. That was Elena herself. Oh my god! Get the fuck out of that apartment! Oh my god, this poor woman that has to fucking see this man just, ugh. Girl, you're not fucking Violating ready. her sister's, ugh, corpse. You're not fucking ready. You're not fucking oh ready for any of this. <laughs> This would have been a great story to have a drink or something that I know even everything out. <laughs> I'm gonna drink so much after this morning. Uh, okay. One night in April 1933, Tansler snuck into the cemetery and removed Elena's body from the mausoleum, carting it out of the graveyard inside of an old airplane he had repurposed into a makeshift medical lab that he had propped onto a toy wagon for easy transport. He claimed on his nightly visits that when Elena would come to him, she would tell Tansler to take her out of her stone prison, to which he happily obliged after she finally agreed to marry him and become his bride for all of eternity. How fucking convenient is that shit? So at this point, when he takes her, Elena has been dead for two years. Oh, okay. She's not in great shape. This is the 1930s. Embalming wasn't really a thing. Oh, no. Elena's body had decomposed considerably, to put it really fucking mildly. Oh, no. So, in Tansler's makeshift lab, he got to work and enlisted a number of DIY tricks to keep his... <gasps> to keep oh, the no. young woman's decaying body intact. Girl, it's gonna get so fucking bad. Oh, no! I just have, like, have wild drink, hands. I can't... Oh, this is gonna be so much worse than the Build-A-Bear. I can tell. Yes, oh, it is. It is so much worse oh. than the Build-A-Bear. He used plaster of Paris and glass eyes to maintain the integrity of her face. He made a wig using the same hair that Elena's <gasps> mother had given him. He used coat hangers and piano wires to stabilize her skeletal frame. Oh my god. He stuffed her torso with rags to preserve its original shape. He replaced her decomposing skin with silk cloth soaked in wax and used copious amounts of perfume and preserving agents and disinfectants to mask the smell of decomposition and stop the rotting. Tansler outfitted his corpse bride in an expensive dress, stockings, gloves, and jewelry, and placed the body in his own bed, which he shared with the corpse for the next seven years. I am never recovering from the story, Moni. No, it's horrifying. Uh, let me guess, her condition didn't get better over those seven years. He's like, oh, she's alive. It's cool. 
no bro no literally like, like no when the sister showed up I was like girl you didn't even i fucking got you and you didn't even fucking know your sister's like good. surprise surprise you're gonna you're Honey, gonna be so excited we have company yeah like that's what the fuck is happening here I cannot even imagine, one, being in that situation, two, getting yourself out of that situation. You're in this guy's fucking apartment. He has exhumed your sister's body. It's like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre in Key West. It's the Key West Chainsaw Massacre is essentially what this is. Horrifying. I I can't. You can see my face. No one else can see my face, but I I can't for one second handle this. What the- No, literally for a second, I thought- this, this screen the screen froze, froze because I'm like, just no, literally like... shocked into <laughs> to being petrified. Yeah. Yes. This is worse than the little girl dolls. I didn't it's think way worse. it could get worse. <sighs> it's going to get worse right now. An autopsy of the body revealed the intricacies of Tansler's work, which included a paper tube inserted between her legs, forming a makeshift vagina. Of course it did. Of course it fucking did. He wasn't going to do this and not fuck the corpse, obviously. That was numero uno thing we were going to do. That was the goal from the get. 100%. And here's the thing. Tansler never admitted to having sex with Alana's dead body. He was like, that's a bridge fucking too far. I'm a gentleman. How fucking dare you? Grave robbing all day, every day. But I'm not going to fuck a corpse. <laughs> Except that. In 1972, years after Tansler's death, the original physicians who were present during the initial autopsy of the body stated in an interview that there had been evidence that Tansler had been performing necrophilia on Elena's decaying corpse. Yes. What the fuck? And here's the thing. By the time Elena's sister finds this shit out, she's been dead for nine years. <gasps> because there's the two years and then the seven? in the mausoleum. And plus seven, for those who are not great at maths, it's nine fucking years she's been dead, and he's been fucking her dead corpse and sleeping next to it every fucking night. I did not get the timeline on this correct, and I kind of thought that, like, maybe she found out about it, like, year one, year two of the seven years. Like, oh my god. I'm horrified. I'm beyond horrified. I can't... Yeah. I I just... Ugh. Dude! And if you have ever looked up like what actually like physically happens to you yeah when you and like how you just kind of start turning into sludge it's not like i'm a skeleton now like it's like your body like putrefies it rots yes and granted like she has like maggots and shit that he has to like clean off like it's and he's like hey bae how was your day let me just shove a bottle brush up your vag to clean you out for my next round a nine-year-old decaying corpse. He's banging. Also, let's remember in the Anatoly Moscovin story, they were in Russia yeah. where it's fucking cold. This is key fucking west. Humidity of a thousand. I can't even imagine how fast this fucking body is decomposing and how fucking disgusting it smells. Yeah. Ugh. Yes. And like... You know, nose blindness is a thing, for sure. Not to this extent. I'm sorry. No fucking way. No fucking way. No, he had to do something. Like, I'm certain that people are like, dude, what the fuck's up with Tansler's house? Yes. God, I hope so. Because even with, um, I didn't mention it in the story, but Vanessa Gay with Anthony Sowell's house. Yes. So everyone smelled his house and was like, dude, what the fuck? And... There was a sausage shop next to where he <gasps> lived and they blamed it on the sausage shop and like gave him like a fuck ton of fines and they had to like redo all of their cleaning shit, like all of their like cleaning processes, which was like thousands of dollars that they had to pay to revamp all of it 
And guess what? The smell never the fuck went away because it was a dude who had 11 fucking dead women in his house. The sausage shop, yeah. So upon seeing this fucking nightmare and hellscape, Elena's sister calls the cops and Tansler is quickly arrested for, quote, wantonly and maliciously destroying a grave and removing a body without authorization, end quote. So grave robbing, that's it. That's the only thing he's arrested for. Psychiatrists examine him and declare him sane and competent to stand trial, even though Tansler told the psychiatrist that he believed he could reanimate Elena's corpse with ultraviolet ray treatment. But when that didn't work, his ultimate plans involved transporting Elena's body by plane and flying her, quote, high into the stratosphere so that radiation from outer space could penetrate her tissues and restore life to her somnolent form, end quote competent to stand trial yeah what part of that is not insane because all of that sounded super fucking crazy yeah so here's the thing the case became a media sensation fucking obviously uh yeah because it's horrifying it's horrifying and then on top of that key west is like the size of a fucking dime it's super small yeah so if something happens there everyone fucking knows about it. everyone knows yeah so tansler's name became well known in the press and even though again there is zero evidence that Elena was romantically interested in Tansler in any fucking way. I, she definitely was not. No! 100% no. A 20-year-old girl with a fucking 55-year-old fake doctor. Who won't who leave her the fuck alone. Dreams. Yeah, uh, and kept telling her he loved her immediately. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. No. The public took pity on the man and viewed no. him as a hopeless romantic. Which later no. retellings- Yes! Later retellings of this fucking nightmare story are often told through this lens. Sure, he's a little out there, but he's a man in love. He's a lot out there. Yeah. If you look up the story, most of the headlines will be like, you know, a a love story, a weird love story. It's it's not a love story. He wasn't in love with her. He's fucking obsessed with her. He's not in love with her at any point. And she was never like, hey, love you too. Kisses. Like, she was like, no, like, I need to deal with you because you said you can, like, cure me and I'm fucking dying right now. I don't want to die. I want to live. So if me saying, yeah, if, yeah, if this goes well, we can go on a date after this yeah. gets me to fucking live, I'll fucking say it. And you're giving me special treatment that you're legit rolling the fucking x-ray machine to my fucking house? Yeah. Fine. I'll, like, deal with your shit. I'll deal with your trinkets and bullshit. Yeah. And when you ask me to marry you, I'll be like, ha, 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 I'm still married technically, though. Yeah, so they're like, oh, he's a man in love. He just, he like wanted to keep his love forever. And it's like, no, he's not in love. He's obsessed with her. He's basically fucking stalking her. He does, like, he doesn't even let this woman fucking die in peace. Literally. Literally. No, he wanted a fucking corpse sex doll is what he, he wanted, wanted to out of the situation. Her. Yes. Yes. Oh my God, this poor, this, this poor, poor fucking woman. woman. This poor woman. First, she's Slut- a trash husband. Who, like, she goes through miscarriage, which is one of the most traumatic things you can fucking go through as, as a woman, especially if you, like, you know, are pregnant and, and it's your first baby and you go through that. It's traumatic as fuck. And then her husband fucks off because he's a piece of shit. And then you got this fucking asshole. And you got tuberculosis on top and, of fucking And on all top of that, you fucking tuberculosis? Jesus Christ. Elena's not living her best fucking life. Like, no. Oh, and she fucking knows it. She has to deal with this fucking prick, giving her trinkets and shit so that she can maybe not die at 22 jesus christ and then she does and he still won't leave her the fuck alone oh my god maybe she's just not that into you bro facts 
Look at your life. Look at your choices. Literally. Tansler was eventually released and all the charges were dropped because statute of limitations of the crimes had expired. Oh my god. Because if you uh, keep a body in your bed for long enough, you can just run out the clock on that fucking <laughs> run out that crime for it. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, I don't know if the statute of limitations is on grave robbing, but apparently uh, you're in the clear seven years. Wow. Yep. Wow. Thank you, Florida. Oh, Florida. Classy, as always. <laughs> you're just keeping it classy. Oof. Emboldened by the public support and because the man's audacity knows no bounds, Tansler had the audacity to ask the court if he could have Elena's body back. No, he did not. He sure as shit fucking did. To which they were like, no, that's a no for me, dog. And thankfully they denied his request. I'm sorry. No. They, somebody should have been like, no. And now that you've said that, we're actually going to sentence you and put you right. in jail now. We're going to sentence you for being creepy. a fucking creep and a weirdo and a menace to society. We thought you were a hopeless romantic, but then you said that shit. And now I don't think you're a hopeless romantic anymore. I think you're a fucking gross pervert who wants to fuck a dead body. Fuck a dead body. Yeah. Exactly. For reasons I can't fathom other than Florida being Florida, a public viewing of Elena's body was held at the Dean Lopez funeral home. Yep. Florida, you're trash. I mean, and here's I the thing. say that from the bottom of my heart as a Florida girl, yeah. you're trash. And I love me some Key West. I'm literally going in a couple weeks. Girl, this is not, not a cute, cute look. look. <laughs> it's not a cute look. So there was a public viewing of Elena's body was held at the Dean Lopez funeral home where Elena's body was displayed for all to see and where the price of admission being a dollar close to 7,000 people came to gawk at this poor fucking woman's body who had already been through enough. This was such a fucking thing that literally the local schools even <gasps> let the kids out early so that the kids could get in on the corpse viewing fun and be traumatized for the rest of their fucking lives. I'm traumatized for the rest Just of my hearing life. This Just hearing this. Uh, what? What the actual fuck? Who approved that? Who said that was a good idea? Who was like, yeah, that seems fun. That seems fun for a kid. Florida's gonna Florida. I don't know. I don't know what else. That's the only explanation I have. Oh my God. We went to a farm. There weren't any farms available. We like had to milk a fucking goat or some shit. Look at the roosters and shit. I don't know what the fuck. Like, don't look at a dead body. Like, no. So decades later, a man who saw this macabre exhibit as a 10-year-old boy (gasps) said the spectacle had haunted him. No shit. He said, quote, yeah, no fucking shit. Yeah. He said, quote, I have never been able to forget this vision. She didn't even look like a human anymore. So much reconstruction and decay. It was the scariest thing I had ever seen. Her face was a questionable white that looked more like a wax dummy than a woman's face. And she had horrible glass eyes, black and fixed. Oh. I still dream of this show. Oh, no. I bet. I'm going to show you a picture. Of oh my God, I don't want to see it, but I'm going to look at it for you because I love you and I'm horrified, but so proud of you for doing the story because it's so horrifying. It's so perfect. It's so, dude, it's fucking spooky season. Oh. I needed, I needed to, to do this shit. All right. The bar has been set. Noted. Uh, it's been fucking set. Boom. <gasps> Get the fuck out of here. Absolutely not. Can you imagine going, the dude being like, Hey, girl, I got your sister right here. And that's what you see. What you see? Absolutely not. The trauma for the rest of your fucking life. 
He did a shit job with the hair, for the record. Yeah. He is a beauty school dropout for fucking yeah. sure. Absolutely. Oh, Elena, no. Elena's body was later reburied in an unmarked grave so Tansler could finally leave this poor woman the fuck alone and she could finally rest in peace. Thank God. The fact that they had to do that and we're like, we literally can't even like label it because he'll just fucking find her and just uh, he'll go to town again. Yeah, but they're like, but he, because he loves her so much. People are gross. People are gross for thinking this. Also, like, what is our concept of love? Yes. As a society that we view this as romantic. Yeah. This is deeply disturbing. We're fucked up. Super fucked up. Yeah. So less than pleased about this development, Tansler set off a bomb at the side of Elena's mausoleum and blew that fucker up. He's such a yeah, man child. He, seriously, you're such a fucking diva. I can't also, even. Also, it's like, who is that affecting? Affected? You paid for all that shit. You paid for it, you dumb Basically, fuck. Basically, you're like blowing up your own fucking money. Weird corpse porno room that you designed. I don't yes. even fucking know what to call it because it's so fucking disgusting. Yeah. With no money, no employment, and no longer welcome, Tansler left Key West and moved back to Zephyr Hills to be close to his wife, who he's <gasps> still married to, by the fucking way. Oh my god, I I can't. I forgot about the wife. The level knows I, about. I had. I just got. They weren't even like scary chills. I just got like the gross wave of chills from that. Yeah. And his daughter. No. Oh, this poor girl. Yeah, because he had two daughters, but one of them died at ten, I think, of tuberculosis. Also, because um, it was a fucking killer. And, yeah. You know, before we figured that shit out. And even though Tansler lived alone. His wife supported him for the remainder of his life. Girl, like, love that you took those vows seriously. Uh-uh. This guy is a fucking clown. Right? Get the fuck out of here. I'm sorry. Is she Mm-mm. that fucking desperate to have a man around that she has to keep this fucking disgusting piece of shit around her? Dude. And around your child? That's the kind of fucking life you want to live? I'm certain that you saying I'm divorced is less bad than being like, I stayed married to that fucking dude. Yes. I'm certain that's the case. I would change my name. I'd change everything. I'd change my dress. I'd be like, Carl who? I don't know him. Yeah. I never met anybody by that name. Sorry. Literally. You know what? I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say this woman still fucked him, actually. I bet she was. Probably. I bet it was that level of not giving a fuck. Wouldn't be surprised. And being like, "Eh." Honestly. It's kind of weird, but like, yeah, he's still my husband. He's the father of my daughter. Exactly. That bullshit. Ew. On July 3rd, 1952, Carl Tanzler died, and we're all the better for Thank it. Thank fuck. His body was not found until three weeks after his death. While his obituary states that he was found dead behind his organ, Tanzler's body was supposedly found clutching a life-sized effigy along with a death mask that he had made himself of Elena. In his final diary entry, he writes, quote, Human jealousy has robbed me of the body of my Elena, yet divine happiness is flowing through me, for she has survived death forever and ever. She is with me. End quote. Granted, her being found and then buried again was 12 fucking years ago. Yeah. Like, get the fuck over it, dude. Move on. Go to like a singles mixer. I don't know what the fuck to tell you. I'm sure they have them in Zephyr Hills. I've never been there, but I love their water. It's great. What the fuck? (laughs) And the thing is, many believe that it wasn't a doll that he was clutching, but that this sick fuck 
found where Elena was and switched it out with the doll and he fucking <gasps> stole her once again. I would not put it past him, honest to God. Literally. Uh, Ironically, Tansler was also buried in an unmarked grave for fear of someone tampering with it. Tamper away. Which is fucking rich. Yeah. You are the, like, tamper queen here, motherfucker. Seriously. And now you're like, I don't don't want anyone to tamper with my grave, though. Fuck you. Yeah, fuck you. I actually kind of want somebody to dig you up and make a doll of you and keep you in their bed for nine years after your death yeah i mean no one would i mean i hope not let's hit up the the russian dude maybe he'd be into it there you go thank you portions of the original memorial plaque that was commissioned by tansler can be found on replica of elena's tomb as well as a replica of elena's final likeness at the fort east martello museum in key west which i have been to and i have seen and it freaked me the fuck out have you yes Yes. Holy shit. Like they have the tomb and then it's open and then they have like a doll that looks like what Ew. I showed you there. And you're like, so I'm never sleeping again. Cool. cool. Yeah. And this is the same museum that houses Robert the doll. Oh, yeah. So it's an interesting museum because they have like local art and then they have this weird shit in there. And you're like, that's random. That's Florida for you. It's like puka shell necklace and uh, <laughs> possessed doll. Boom. Those sensitive to spiritual energies claim that Elena's spirit still haunts the funeral home on Bahama Lane. And the thing is, I really hope that they're wrong. And that after everything that this poor fucking woman has been through, that she isn't haunting anything. Because she's finally found peace. And that is the fucking horrifying story of Carl Tanzler and his not- love not undying love but his sick obsession with marielena milagro de hoyos holy fucking shit yeah i'm never sleeping again yeah so that was fun while it lasted i enjoyed <laughs> i enjoyed getting to sleep yeah for the time being that guy's a fucking piece of shit he's a total I piece of shit i hope elena is also finally getting to rest in peace she lives she fucking, fucking has been through enough. 22 years and her life sucks. And then on top of that, all of this shit. Ugh. And then, like, she is finally discovered to, like, cool, fuck this guy. We're going to send him the clink. And it's like, you know what? But before we do, how about we fucking put on display for fucking everyone to see what the, the freak show. And we're going to fucking charge, charge a dollar. Ridiculous. So gross. So not cute. Florida, look at your life. Look at your choices. You're not fucking nailing it. No, not at all. I'm pretty sure my dad was the person who told me the story. Really? Yeah, because he says that around Halloween every year, the Miami Herald, like, prints a thing about it. Oh, I can imagine that. Yeah, to be like, want to hear some fucked up shit that happened in Florida? This is the most fucked up of all the fucked up. It's, uh, yeah, that's that's definitely the most fucked up story I've heard in Florida. I mean, I don't know, the Florida man story we got on, was it the last, uh... True Listener Tales about the decapitated oh. head. That was pretty fucking bad, too. Florida, just do Get better. Get together, guys. Yeah. Don't do this. This isn't... No. No. No one needs to do this. Literally ever. You know, I'm not a dating app person. Get on a nap. Seriously. You can't get over someone. Get on a nap. The best way to get over someone is to get under someone. Truth. Boom. This is truth. <laughs> Thank you so much for that. That was properly horrifying for... 
leading up to Halloween here. You're welcome. I mean, I, I had to bring out the big guns. Those were the biggest guns. The guns were out, and then we're like, okay, we got to scale it back because that was too horrifying. And then now it's like, all right, it's October. Get the bazooka. Let's do this. Boom. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. I'm so, I'm so disturbed. I'm so disturbed. <laughs> I, I really can't get over it. I like, I just, words fail me right now. I can't even express. It's horrifying, especially after, like, when you see her picture, like, what she <gasps> looked, she ended up looking like. It's so upsetting. It's so it's upsetting. It's so upsetting, especially since this is what she looked like before. She's gorgeous. She's gorgeous. I mean, I get it. Cubans are babes. I know. It's it's my gift and my curse. I understand that. But, like, leave the fucking woman alone. Let One, it she wasn't into go. you when she was alive. And two, she wasn't into you when she was dead. Because... And I understand that, like, dead girls can't say no, but the fact that she's dead is enough of a fucking no. Yeah. How about you say no to fucking the dead girl? You say no. You can How say no. How about you be the bigger person? Yeah. Be like, you know, I want to, but I'm not gonna. Yeah. How about that? I'm gonna choose a living body to try to have sex with. Yeah. I'm not gonna get crotch rot from fucking a corpse. How about that? Ew. Literally. Literally ew. And how he was like, I, I never had sex with her. Like, dude. Sure, Jim. That's literally the only reason you did this shit. We saw the tube. We know. Ugh. God. So That gross. literally just made me fucking nauseous yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah. It's nauseating. It is nauseating. Happy Halloween, even though we're super early. Happy Halloween. Yay! <laughs> There's going to be more fucked up shit like this. Yep. It's October, just gonna keep, baby. It's just going to keep coming. Yeah. It's going to get more and more upsetting. Yeah, absolutely. You're welcome. You did this to yourself. I know. Victim blaming I, you. We did do this to ourselves. <laughs> I loved it, though. I love being horrified. I love Jim's story, too. Demons might be real. Demons might be real, you guys. Uh, I was not prepared for that to be the takeaway from my story, but yeah, what the fuck? Guys, thanks so much for listening. If you don't already, follow us on the gram. You can find us at Another Fucking Horror Podcast. You can find me at Pin Up Girl Mo. You can find me at Lobotomy, and that's Lobot, period, Amy. Every sixth episode, we do a True Listener Tales episode. And actually, next week is our True Listener Tales episode. So I'm fucking excited about it. Fuck yeah. It's our favorite episodes where you guys write us in your, like, weird, creepy, what the fuck, unexplained stories. I'm going to keep asking. Amy needs an alien story. I know someone has one. I know someone has one. I don't want to get my hopes up. Make her Halloween dreams come true. (gasps) Please. Please and thank you. So to write those in, you can write us at another fucking horror podcast at gmail.com with a period instead of the U and fucking. And as always, keep it cute. Keep it creepy. Bye. Bye.